everyone, and this is episode 14 of season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. So today we are uh, just kind of the thing that really struck my, my curiosity, and it's just kind of where, you know, Going Beyond Salvation really kind of started was I had been sensing from the Lord, you know, when we moved, it was about like a a few months in and from Powell and into Powell and as I started getting involved in the church again and I was meeting up with my friends um with a friend day or towards the winter time we started meeting up together for coffee and just to talk and chat and pray with each other about our lives and you know we were just there together and we were just sensing that there was just a lot of complacency in uh, in different Christians' lives. You know, that uh, several of the Christians, you know, and it wasn't just our church, but we were seeing it, you know, in different areas, different places, and, you know, in, in different people that didn't even go to our church. And we were just starting to see a complacency that that started happening, that people were, you know, just content with where they were at. Uh, We started seeing some people starting to leave the church and, and, and different people, um, you know, some leaving church, you know, our church, some leaving other churches, you know, we just started seeing that. And that's where kind of going beyond salvation started out because, you know, many brand new believers, they, they start off and they're on fire, but if they don't get that discipleship, if they don't, if we, if we're not in the word and, and having daily time with, with the Lord and going to church, you know, and fellowshipping, um, on a weekly basis, you know, and, and, and it's understandable, you know, people, some people don't, you know, go to church when they're sick. That's fine, you know. And, but what I'm meaning is, you know, they're missing constantly and, and not getting that fellowship. And so I just wanted to, you know, when going beyond salvation really started, it was, about, you know, continuing on in our relationship with the Lord. It's a daily thing. And we'll kind of jump into that with, with the book of Luke. And it was just reminding me this whole reminder, you know, we get into Deuteronomy in chapter 31 and in verse 14, you know, starting there, it's, you know, talking about Israel's rebellion predicted and, Many people, and I, you know, and I've dealt with some, with some people, some folks that, you know, they, they haven't accepted the Lord yet and they live with a lot of doubt and they're sitting here and they go, okay, God knew that they were going to rebel. Why, why continue on? You know, and he's, you know, most of them are sitting there wondering why would Joshua lead a people knowing that at some point that they were going to rebel. And, you know, it is a good question, but, you know, not, 
even, you know, we see this whole Bible and, you know, we, you know, when you think about us, you know, we were sinners and he still sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And that's just because of who God is. You know, God is loving and merciful and we still live with that free choice, even, you know, even though we're in a relationship with him, we still live with free choice, that free will, and to receive his love. And I mean, his love was, his love and his mercy, you know, he'll do whatever he, 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 he can you know, he's going to do what he can to win the heart. And even though he saw it, he still sat there and said, well, it's still conditional, you know, and, and I'm not saying that every one of these Israelites rebelled, you know, and that's the thing about it. He saw the ones too, that still had a heart for him. And that included Joshua and Joshua, I think, even though it's how we are as Christians that even though we see people around us and there are going to be people that reject, you know, the, the gospel from us, they're going to say, you know, don't, you know, shove your beliefs in my face. And that's just because, you know, they're, they're under the control of, of Satan, you know, they're blinded by Satan, you know, he's the real enemy and that's who God, I think, you know, was seeing who the real enemy behind it is and is, is, is Satan, you know, and as Christians, we can cause ourselves, I, I just want to say, you know, even though it's like, oh yeah, they're so bad. The Israelites are so bad. They're, you know, their hearts are turned against the Lord and we see, you know, the song that you know, in chapter 32 that, you know, that they're taught that, that Moses teaches them. And, you know, it's talking about, you know, they grew fat and, you know, in the beginning, you know, what they got, you know, that their whole existence was the result of God's faithfulness and mercy. And they forgot that. And I think as Christians, you know, we sit there and we judge the Israelites, but then it's like, but when have I also, you know, forgotten God, you know, where my whole existence, where I am is because of God. And I think as believers, you know, we can get so caught up in life, you know, it's, we can get so caught up in life that, and everything seems so good that we just kind of you know, set God on a shelf and we're not going to take him down until we need him. And it's like, no, we need to, you know, as believers, even in the good times, we need to continue to press into the Lord, you know, and I understand, you know, here in Wyoming, it's so hard in the summertime because, you know, you live in Wyoming and during the winter, it's cold, it's snowy. You can't really go to the mountains unless you like to ski. And even then around, you know, Powell and Cody, there's not very much for skiing areas. Uh, there's one like in, um, up in the Bighorns and then 
there's one on the way to Yellowstone, but that one's been, it's just been struggling over the last few years and there's just not very much to it. But, you know, and so most people go up to Red Lodge, Montana to go skiing. But other than that, it's, we really don't have very much to do during the winter. So then when summer hits, it's like everybody leaves because they're going to go camping. They're going to go, you know, fishing while they can. And a lot of times they're gone on the weekends and they say, we're not going to come on Sunday. And we don't see them for weeks on end going, you know, and I understand, you know, me and my husband, we're, you know, we haven't planned a vacation in a very long time and we decided this year and we don't care about this whole COVID thing because it's like at the last week of July it's like there's we've got you know to get out of here you know and that's to to get away and and take a vacation and there's nothing wrong with that it's just when we start putting things you know above God and even before this whole COVID-19 thing it was I was seeing, you know, parents are just so busy on the weekends because they have their kids involved in so many things that are on the weekends. And they go, well, you know, Sunday is just our rest time and church is essentially, you know, just a, a hindrance. And it's like, really, you know, you wouldn't be able to go do your kids' stuff if it wasn't for God, you know? And so you know, as believers, we can, can get that way. We can get so relaxed in our relationship with the Lord. And, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to stop reading our word. He wants us to stop going and fellowshipping with other believers. He wants us to stop and start getting relaxed because when you're not walking in, in this presence of the Lord, this strong presence you know, you're essentially setting yourself up and, you know, for, for his attacks, you know, for your marriage to get attacked, for your family, your kids, you know, you're setting yourself up. And so we see that with these Israelites that even though it was predicted and this song, you know, essentially just says that, you know, their rebellion and apostasy was going to bring God's severe judgments on the nation. And I see people that, you know, they walk away from church for a while and they are at, it's a struggle to even get him to come back in. It's a struggle to, it's essentially a struggle to, for them to really get back into the word because you know, they end up, you know, going and walking away and it's essentially really hard. And I know right now there's some Christians that have criticized doing this whole live streaming and online streaming on Facebook. And because essentially they're saying, well, now you're not going to have anybody come back to church. And it's like, you know, those who are really devoted, I'm not worried about because, you know, like me and my husband, you know, my husband hasn't been able to go and play bass because, you know, he's been respecting the social distancing roles that his employer placed. He's been respecting that. And so he hasn't been, you know, going to 
um, church, but he's been watching the live stream. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of nice to be home. But he's like, I do miss going. And he says, I really want to go back. And so a lot of people, and it's the same same thing. A lot of people are like, I can't wait till we can go back inside a church. You know, so it's like, it's those people you don't have to worry about. And yes, you're going to have some that are going to probably take advantage of that and say, well, I don't need to go. I can just watch it on live stream. And that's where you just essentially, you know, pray for them and, and just keep, you know, in touch with them and say, no, we really want you to come back. We're just kind of using this live stream even, and we're going to still live stream. And it's because, you know, we're reaching to people who don't normally go to Sunday, you know, you know, to to church on Sunday and is reaching people that have kind of just been, you know, curious about whether they want to go or not. It allows them to kind of get their toes a little bit wet and they see what's going on and they go, hmm, maybe I do want to go to this church and it's going to help them to step. And it's actually reaching people who, you know, who are in other states where there's a lot more restrictions because of COVID-19 and they, their church can't even do a live stream, you know, and they don't have that capability to do that. And so it's giving them that opportunity to still get church. And I know in their hearts, they're going to be going back to their church once, once they can go back and, you know, that's fine. You know, we gave, we helped give them the word and that's just fine. So, you know, essentially we can't get lax in, in our, in our relationship with the Lord and, you know, and, and you see, you know, some, and, and we can't get confident in, in our own, you know, we can kind of get prideful and too confident in our own beliefs and stuff that, you know, like we see with Moses, that when pride starts to enter in a little bit, and now he couldn't, because he fell as a leader, he couldn't go to the promised land. And so we have to essentially, and then in this time, we need to be praying for our church leaders, because they have a big target on their back, because of, you know, they are essentially doing the work of the Lord. And so they have a big target on their back from the enemy. And, and so they, they need to be in our prayer list every single day. You just have to pray, you know, at least two to five minutes. You know, I would just challenge you to just do two minutes. You're going to be surprised how fast those two minutes go. And, you know, just be praying for, you know, your church leadership's health, their, their finances, their family, you know, just keep doing that because they need that. Um, they're, they're, uh, you know, I'm not saying they're attacked the most by the enemy, but they're, they have a target on their back. How do I know? Because I'm in, in church leadership myself. And it's like, like I told my husband last night, it's kind of lonely because, you know, especially here, you know, you just really don't have the connection because of such distance. And because we are a Pentecostal denomination, um, there's a lot of hostility towards the Pentecostal denomination in Wyoming. Um, there's a lot of hostility towards, you know, the, the Holy Spirit here in Wyoming. It's like, what is going on here? 
And I, I think it's just the culture and just how people are raised out here, you know, because yeah, I was raised in a farming lifestyle and it's essentially, you know, and I was raised in a family that was, you know, they, they said that, you know, you can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit anymore. That's done. And, you know, and then I started going to a Pentecostal church and even my, my family, my mom and my dad and my brother started going and there's family that will not talk to us because they think that we, that we're, we're possessed or something. And it's like, okay, well, we love you. We're praying for you kind of thing. So, but, you know, like I told my husband, it's kind of like lonely, you know, when you're in the leadership because you try to explain, you know, how the enemy's attacking you. And some people just don't, don't get it because they're not on that same walk as you are. And so it gets a little bit lonely. (laughs) It's like, uh. You know, and my friend ended up moving to Virginia. And so I was like, man, I wish they were here so I could go have coffee with them. But, how God's using them there. And so I'm like, okay, God. And I pray for them that, still pray for them that God, you know, for protection and and all of that, even though they're not here anymore. So, but we, you know, when we jump here into Luke, you know, I'm not going to do a break today. Um, you know, we get to the Peter's confession of Christ and, you know, we have these moments. And like I've said, at said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you have brand new believers that, and especially even believers that get on fire, you know, the Holy Spirit hits them and they're on fire. Just kind of like Peter here that, you know, out of faith, he confesses that Jesus is, is the Christ of God, we, you know, you, Luke uses the Christ of God, and I believe the other ones is, you know, Son of God, but, um, essentially, you know, he, he tells them not to tell this to anyone, and he tells them that, you know, they're, he's, he's going to be killed, and on the third day raised to life, and Luke doesn't talk about, you know, Peter, you know, getting in the way, but we see in the other two, you know, synoptic gospels where, you know, Jesus rebukes Peter because he's like, no, Lord, this is not going to happen. And we see Jesus says, you know, get behind me, Satan, because he, he sees that it was, you know, Satan's control on, on Peter, you know, and, and there's this whole thing, you know, this thing where he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him. When he comes in his glory and in, in the glory of the Father and of the, the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste, taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And now that's pointing to, to John who's going to have a vision of Revelation. We'll go over the book of Revelation in in the next few months. But 
it's daily. Daily, we have to take up our cross. You know, we have to crucify our, our, our sins. You know, we have to crucify the flesh daily. You know, you know, I was reading a book and there was, it's talking about, you know, the, the death of Lazarus and stuff. This, this woman wrote this really neat book and I can't remember the name right now, but she, it just came up to me and that, you know, she said that, you know, daily she's had funerals, more funerals over herself daily than actual funerals she's actually attended because essentially, you know, you're daily dying to yourself. You have to take up that cross. It's not just something that you pick up on Sunday and just live off of that for the rest of the week. You know, you can't. And it's a daily thing. And, you know, at your home, you know, some people go, well, you know, I'll do, you know, Sunday and then I will go, you know, to women's Bible study on Thursday, but I won't touch my Bible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And by the time they get to Bible study on Thursday, because they've not touched their Bible the other days and not done the, the reading, they're sitting there struggling by Thursday And it's like, no, it's a daily process. It's a daily thing that we have to follow. And, you know, and it's not just, you know, women's Bible study. It's not just women, but there's people that they go from Sunday and hope to get to Sunday or they hope to get to, you know, men's group or whatever it is, you know. Friday night worship, whatever. And they think that they can just live off of just what they hear on Sunday. And it's, and then they sit there and they're wondering what, why they can't discern what is truth. And, and all of that. And it's just like, because you're just basing, you know, just going to Sunday and continuing on thinking that, okay, I can trust my pastor and what, and what they say. And, you know, our pat, like my pastor, you know, he challenges us, get in the reading, you know, get in the reading and get in this word because, you know, essentially like he wants people, if he says something wrong, he wants people to tell him when he's wrong, you know, but he's also in the word himself and and so is you know his wife and and so you know and there's many pastors out there that are in the word but they still want you know their congregation to be in that word as well not to just rely on it you know it's like in the book of acts we're going to meet the the Bereans and they didn't just take Paul for his word. They listened to him and then they went to the scriptures and said, hmm, you know, what he said is essentially true, you know? So that's how we have to be. It's a daily, daily thing that we have to live, you know, and because 
you know, we have to live this life, you know, in our life, we're, we're dealing with people that are not saved and, and our lives have, as I've said, has to live as a, as a testimony that Christ is not in the tomb anymore. And, you know, if you're, you know, backing down and condoning things that, that the Bible says is sin, you're, you're essentially saying you're ashamed of, of God. You know, and it's, it's a harsh reality to, you know, a harsh thing to say, but, you know, I've actually had to delete some friends off of Facebook because they go, well, you're just picking and choosing. It's like, no, I'm not. I know who, where I'm, I'm coming from and they themselves, it's actually usually themselves, the ones that are fighting over, you know, things, you know, like homosexuality, transgenderism. Those that are fighting for them are the ones that are picking, choosing in the Bible. They're not in the word. They're picking and choosing, but they're saying that believers are the ones picking and choosing the ones that are in the word. And I'm like, that's kind of a little backwards, but that's essentially, you know, we have to, you know, stand for Christ. And how do you stand for him? How do you know what to stand for? And it's like, you have to get in this word. You have to be and daily prayer and communion with him. So, you know, and just jumping into the transfiguration, you know, just the power, you know, this, this whole thing, this glorious thing, you know, and Jesus takes those who are close to him. And think about this, when you're in a relationship with the Lord, and you're essentially, you know, I think of Joshua, Joshua, we've like had little glimpses of him and and we'll get into his, the book that's titled his name, Joshua, but we get these little glimpses of him that he was like in, he wouldn't leave this tent and the Lord, he was just hungry. Like and the Lord's spirit comes on him and his life has radically changed and you know, as those who draw near to Jesus and like Peter, John, and James, and even though Peter wasn't perfect, you know, those three, he, he took them and they saw things that the other disciples didn't. He draw and drew them closer. And when you're drawing close to the Lord, he's going to take, he's going to challenge you to go to the next level and in the relationship. And the more you draw near to him, you know, he, he's going to reveal things that to you that others don't get to see. I mean, we see that with Daniel, that in the book of Daniel, that he was so close to God, that God entrusts him with these visions. And that's where we get the book of Daniel is because God entrusted Daniel with those visions. We see it with John later on that John was so close to Jesus that Jesus goes, that's the one I'm going to show what's going to happen, you know. And and God doesn't show favoritism, but when you're drawing near to him, you know, he's going to, it's just like a relationship, you know, a marriage, you know, as you draw closer to each other, you end up essentially you're you're sharing your your deepest feelings with each other 
you know, that you wouldn't essentially, you know, share with anybody else, you know, let alone the mailman, you know, you would, you're pretty much sharing and that's how God is. As you draw near, he's going to show things. And we see that there's this transfiguration that happens. And, at, and they go up to the Mount of Olives, which is essentially a, a place of death. And and that's, you know, the, to this mountain, and it's essentially a place of death that they're at. But, and so they're thinking, as they're up on this mountain... Um, you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, the resurrection is happening because they see Elijah and they see Moses up on this mountain. And, and I don't think this is actually the Mount of Olives, actually. Um, scratch that, it was not the Mount of Olives. I was just checking my notes. I was like, why am I saying Mount of Olives? But up on the transfiguration, up on this mountain, they see Moses and Elijah. Well, you know, Moses's body, you know, he had died, but he did not, you know, they don't know where he was buried. And then they see Elijah and it, it was this sign that, oh my gosh, they're thinking this is the resurrection. You know, this is the end. And, and they're actually afraid. And sometimes like, you know, there's been times when the Holy Spirit has hit me. When you first, you know, are, are baptized in the Spirit, it can get scary sometimes, some of the the spiritual things. But when it's God, it's like there's, you don't have any reason to fear. You don't have any reason to fear. And, you know, and actually, you know, we're to draw near. It, it causes us to draw near. And so this huge old thing happens and they get to see this and then they come down from the mountain and there's this situation with, with the boy with an evil spirit and the father's like, you know, essentially the father had, you know, these other disciples had prayed for this kid and he wasn't being healed. And, you know, Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. And it's, you know, as believers, we can kind of relate to that because there's times that, you know, we're on fire and then all of a sudden our faith is a little bit shaky, you know, especially when you see something like a boy with an evil spirit or and you go, whoa, or, you know, people that are, and I, I've, heard some evangelists that you know we're told to to go pray for the dead to see the dead raised and they ended up going and the first few people that they prayed for never rose from from the dead and it what was meant to be a a mark of you know discouragement they still continued and continued and they didn't stop and all of a sudden, their faith is growing, and you know the Lord ends up, and you know some of this is that you know it's it's dealing with faith, you know, and and so when you pray for somebody and they're not healed, 
don't think that God's not working. If it, there's not, and because essentially, yes, they're healed. And you just have to receive that. And, and trust God and continue to be obedient, continue to pray, you know, because it's, you know, not you, you know, God is working through you. And so, you know, and at the end, you know, he, he's telling his disciples, you know, and these people that, that he's going to be betrayed into the hands of men, but people didn't understand that because their mind, you know, in that time, you think about what was going on, they essentially thought he was going to conquer the Romans and he wasn't there to conquer the Romans. He was there to be the sacrifice, you know, to bring salvation to not only Israel, but the entire world. He'll come back as, you know, this conquering king, you know, we don't know when, but I believe we're getting closer and closer and closer Especially with this whole pandemic. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're reading about murder horn, Like they call it the, the death hornets or the murder hornets. I'm sitting here going, yeah, we're, we're getting close. You know, and I think we're, we're getting to the point there's going to, with this whole pandemic that, you know, I sat there and, and it's been a prayer for a lot of people. And I'm not saying God caused the pandemic, what it is, is our prayers have always been, and what my prayer has been, is for a revival. And God will will make a revival happen, even, even you know, in the midst of a, of a plague like this. Because this plague essentially is stopping people from, you know, these distractions. You know, our life has slowed down. And I just essentially, like, when this whole thing happened, I was reading the book of Acts and I'm taking this class for the book of Acts and the Lord just started and I had been struggling to really get started in this class. And I was like, what is going on? Usually I'm kind of like all gun ho and just go. And it was like, what is going on? But I think it was the Lord, you know, putting his hand on me and saying, slow down. I want you to get something out of this. And with this class, like, and reading Acts, it's like, okay, the Lord really showed me, you know, while people were in fear, I'm sitting here with excitement because I'm like, wait a minute, you know, this could, you know, and people are screaming out that it's not fair that we can't be in our churches and, you know, you're infringing on our First Amendment rights. And I'm sitting here going, hold on a minute, you know, I'm looking at the book of Acts when... There's this persecution after, you know, from Saul, after Stephen has been stoned to death and all the disciples or all the believers, except for the apostles were dispersed. And it's like, wow, I'm like, we're kind of dispersed, but not because of persecution. And it's like, this is the opening that we need. To, for this expansion of the church. I chose to see from God's point of view. And I know that there are some Christians out there. It's hard. They want to be in church. But it's like, please focus on what, you know, this harvest. 
and in all of that. And so, you know, my challenge is, is, you know, especially in this time, you know, and, and what we've been talking about, about not getting relaxed in our relationship with the Lord. If you've gotten relaxed in your relationship with the Lord, I challenge you just to take time. You know, they're slowly reopening things like here in Wyoming. It's still a slow kind of reopen. You know, we're still not meeting in church inside. We're still doing our drive up services when, when the weather is cooperating, but essentially, you know, we need to look to the Lord in this time and just take time and really look at your life, you know, and get into this word and let God speak to you what what you need to do in your life, you know, and he has been speaking to me. I'm not just, you know, preaching to the choir, as they say, you know, I'm preaching to myself as well, you know, because, you know, there, I was on the road to burnout and the Lord really slowed me down in this and said, hold on. And I've really reevaluated my life and it's like, okay, I'm having to step out of roles in order to step into a new role that the Lord is placing me in. And he's like, there's an expansion of the church coming. And I was like, well, who's going to take over this? And he's like, hey, there's an expansion of the church coming. Somebody will fill in that place. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So, you know, it's essentially, you know, my life has started to change. And... And so, and I think it's changing for a lot of people. And I know like pastors and and their wives and stuff that have been on, on the near of burnout. This has been a chance for them to relax and take some time to rest. And so, you know, just take that time and don't rush it. You know, let the Lord just speak to you. And, and so... That's what I what my challenge is for you. And I'm going to actually just jump into the prayer and then we'll we'll do our I'll tell you what chapters to read. And so I just thank you Lord Jesus for for who you are, Lord. And that Lord, I just pray God that you would just set a fire in us, Lord, where the fire has died out, Lord. I pray God that we would just have this renewed sense of looking at your word. I pray, Jesus, that you would just be with us, Lord. Touch us, Lord God, in every single way. Um, Lord, let us not be relaxed in our relationship. Let us not go just from Sunday to Sunday. Lord, challenge us in a new way. Lord, to take a step of faith in, in our walk with you, Lord. And Lord, as we draw near to you, Lord, just reveal things from your heart to us, Lord. And that, Lord, I just give you the glory and the honor because of your love and your mercy. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So for the next um, podcast, we're going to go over Deuteronomy chapter 33 and 34. So we're going to end the book of Deuteronomy. It's going to be the the last podcast on the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to discuss Psalms 46 verses 8 or 
we'll read verses 8 through 11. We'll be talking about Psalm 46. Uh, we're going to read Proverbs chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. We're not going to discuss that until we get to the end of that chapter. Once we get to chapter 10 of Proverbs, um, we'll begin into the actual Proverbs of Solomon. And there we will kind of take time out of that or be discussing each of the little Proverbs and stuff um, as, as we go. And then we're going to read Luke and, and discuss Luke chapter 9 verses 46 through chapter 10 verse 24. And so I'm just going to say have a great, wonderful day and just be blessed. Mm-hmm.